So real quick, just a quick little recap over the last couple weeks for um, those of us that have been out of town or, or have not been uh, able to be with us for whatever reason. Uh, we're in our third week of a sermon series entitled Storytime with Jesus. The first week we looked at the parable of the sower and we said that we were called to sow seeds of love. The second week, last week, we did the parable of the Good Samaritan, that we were called to show compassion just as Christ has shown compassion. This week, we're going to look at another trait uh, that we are called to share, uh, forgiveness and grace. And I saw a lot of the men look at their wives and nudge them, because um, we are oftentimes in need of forgiveness or grace. Um, but this is going to be... Um, it's going to be a tough topic for some of us, and I say that because it's a tough topic for me. Um, so let's go ahead today. I do invite you to stand in reverence of the reading of gospel. We're going to be in the gospel of Matthew, the 18th chapter, verses 21 through 35, and it's page 800 in your pew Bible. If you can, please stand in reverence of the gospel this morning. Then Peter came and said to him, Lord, if another member of the church sins against me, how often should I forgive? As many as seven times? Jesus said to him, Not seven times, but I tell you, seventy-seven, or seventy times seven times. For this re reason the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who wished to settle accounts with his slaves. When he began his, the reckoning, one who owed him ten thousand talents was brought to him. And as he could not pay, his Lord ordered him to be sold together with his wife and children and all his possessions and payment to be made. So the slave fell on his knees before, before him, saying, Have patience with me, and I will pay you everything. And out of pity for him, the Lord of that slave released him and forgave him the debt. But that same slave, as he went out, came upon one of his fellow slaves who owed him a hundred denarii. And seizing him by the throat, he said, Pay what you owe. Then his fellow slave fell down and pleaded with him, Have patience with me, and I will pay you. But he refused. Then he went and threw him into prison until he could pay the debt. When his fellow slaves saw that he, what had happened, they were greatly distressed. And they went and reported to their Lord all that had taken place. Then his Lord summoned him and said to him, You wicked slave, I forgave you all that debt because you pleaded with me. Should you not have also had mercy on your fellow slave as I had mercy on you? And in anger, his Lord handed him over to be tortured until he would pay his entire debt. So my Heavenly Father will also do to every one of you if you do not forgive your brother and sister from your heart. This is the Word of God for the people of God. Thanks, Thanks be to God. You may be seated. So wow, um, already that's a tough passage to, to chew on. Uh, first things first, we're, they use the term slave, but I want to correct what they're saying. No slave of this time is what we would consider to be a slave. No slave or servant of this time, if they were merely a slave, would have had this kind of access to the king. So this man was still somebody high up. Maybe a tax collector, maybe a businessman, uh, but definitely not what we think of as a slave. So today we're going to look at the three different scenarios that Jesus kind of points us to. And the first one is when our main character here is summoned to settle his account with the king. 
This man had built up a tab of 10,000 talents. And if you, if you were reading one of the pew Bibles, or maybe yours has it, and it has a little footnote there. A talent is a measurement of weight, often measured at about 15 to 20 years worth of pay. So if you do the, the math on that, I think I did the math right. If not, the calculator was wrong. It comes up to over 150,000 years worth of pay. This was not a mere slave. This man had power. He had some type of authority to run up that kind of debt with the king. We don't know how he accrued that debt. Jesus doesn't really tell us. But what we do know is there's nothing in the world this man can do to pay it back. There's absolutely no way he will ever pay this debt back. So when he is told that he and his family will be thrown into prison and all his things will be sold, he does what I believe most of us would do. He falls on his knees and he begins to beg. Give me, give me, just give me time. Be patient with me. Have mercy on me. All that makes pretty good sense. And then he says something that doesn't make any sense. I'll pay you back in full. Now can you imagine the king going, you're going to pay me back in full? The king knows there's no way he's going to be paid back. The servant, the slave knows there's no way he's going to be paid back. But the king, touched by this man's cry for mercy, he says, I forgive you. I forgive your debt. You're free to go. He doesn't lower the debt. He doesn't set up a payment plan with no interest, like some of our stores will today to kind of sucker us in. He cancels it. He removes it. I want you to imagine for a minute if your mortgage company or if the person that you have a car through or student loans or your tuition or whatever, credit card debt. They called and said, hello, is this Mr. or Miss such and such? Why, yes, it is. Who is this? Oh, well, we're such and such from the bank of whatever. You know that mortgage you have? Yeah, you know, we, we made that payment. Um, yeah, we just call and tell you don't, you don't have to worry about paying us anymore. I'm sorry? You don't have to pay us another dime. We, we're so grateful that you've made all your payments thus far. We're canceling your debt. Y'all don't know about you, but if somebody was to call, I even had Stacy call this week to check on the truck loan because I thought, well, we're studying this. Maybe we'll make a mistake in the computer and it'll be gone. And, and it wasn't. So, but if somebody was to call and say, you know, that you owe us this large amount of money and it is forgiven, could you imagine the joy, the freedom that that would then provide in your life? Not just financially, but the, the, the release of stress and burdens that you would have to carry around with you. How would you live your life following that? Especially in the immediate future. I think most of us would be pretty generous. If you were anything like me, you would go out and just celebrate. you just go eat somewhere, and it doesn't matter how miserable you are after that, you would go find some ice cream. That's what we do. It doesn't matter. if We look for reasons to celebrate with ice cream. But this man does something totally different. He leaves, and as he leaves, he sees a fellow slave, somebody equal to him, a peer, who owes him a hundred denarii. And he grabs him by the neck, and he begins shaking him, saying, pay me back what you owe me. Now this man just had 150 to 200,000 years worth of pay forgiven, 
and he's upset over a little more than three months of pay. Three months of pay, uh, that's a lot. But not compared to what this man just had forgiven. So the slave does what the other slave did. He falls on his knees and he says, have patience with me. I will pay you. And this man could have paid this debt back. This was a payable debt. But instead of showing grace, instead of showing love and mercy like the king did on him, he has him thrown into prison. To where this man will spend until he can work back more of an indentured servitude type thing. Not really sit in prison all day. They would go work until they could pay that debt back. So this man now is going to be separated from his family because of this. The injustice in this parable is very easy to see. But if we're going to be honest, this is how we treat each other so many times. I know I'm, I'm guilty of it. Um, I'm the big, tough, bad, only brother of three wonderful sisters. Okay? Um, I don't forgive easy. I don't forget easy. I've always tried to protect them. I'm my mom's favorite son. If I'm the only brother, I'm the only son. So I'm always protective of them. And so I, I've, I, this is something that I had to struggle with. I almost changed what we were talking about after I sent Darla the information because I didn't want to talk about forgiveness. But Lewis Mead, a, a Christian writer and an author that focuses on forgiveness, puts it this way. When I genuinely forgive, I set a prisoner free. And then I discover that the prisoner set free was me. Y'all, when we withhold grace or we withhold forgiveness from somebody, we're the ones that suffer. We're the ones that lay awake at night, worried about it, anxious, stressed out, blood pressure goes up, start stress eating. Maybe that's just me. Okay, but you start doing something that's not helping. And that person's living their life. They don't even know that you're still upset for the most part. And it starts tearing away at us. The third and final scene of the parable, Jesus says this is what his heavenly father will also do. When Jesus starts saying this is what my heavenly father will do, I think it's pretty important. He says, and I think this is important, that if we do not forgive our brothers and sisters from our heart, we too will lose our freedom. And I, that, that's something I don't think we can lose sight of. This slave was set free from a debt he could not pay. He was free. The king had let him go. And he, by his own actions, put himself back into prison, back into slavery. Can you imagine how nervous this man was when they said the king wants to see you again? Oh, no. I don't even have any debt, so he can't. Man, this is not good. So when he gets there, he begins begging. It's too late. It's too late. The man is sent and he's thrown into prison until he can pay back the debt. Now we've already said that this is a debt this man cannot pay back. So this man will spend the rest of his life in prison. This man who was free will spend the rest of his life in prison. And Jesus said, this too will happen to you. If you do not forgive from your heart. Is that not what we pray each Sunday in our Lord's Prayer? We say, this is what Jesus taught us now. Forgive us our trespasses 
as we forgive those who trespass against us. But we say it so much, do we realize what it's saying? See, that little word as changes everything. What we're essentially saying is, help us forgive others in the same way that you forgive us. Help me forgive others the same way that you forgave me, Christ. The same way that you forgave me, God. I don't know if we do that. I don't know that I do that. So this leaves us kind of in, where does that leave us? Well, it depends on where you're coming from. Uh, there's, I don't want to, whatever has the Holy Spirit has on your heart this morning, you know your circumstances, I don't. But there are some very important things that I think we need to take away from this. Um, the first one is, Jesus is telling a story about settling accounts. One day, we too will have to settle our account. But it won't be with a king. It will be with the king. And we are going to be held responsible for the way that we treated each other. Did you notice what both men did when they were faced with prison? They fell on their knees and they begged for mercy. A position of humbleness where you know there is nothing you can do to make a situation right and all you're doing is begging that person to have grace and mercy for you. The second thing that I think we have to see is that we are called to share the same grace and the same forgiveness that we have been shown. God has showed us so much grace to cancel a debt we could never pay. And too often times we withhold a little bit of grace from each other. What might this look like today to, to forgive like Jesus forgives? It wasn't that long ago that a church down in Charleston was just tragically attacked. And these people had every right to be angry. They had every right to be mad, to be furious, to say ugly things. And they stood in front of the judge. How fitting. They stood in front of an earthly judge looking at a camera and a television with that young man on it. And they said, we forgive you. We forgive you. We're mad at you. And we're going to seek justice for what you did. But we forgive you and we pray that God has mercy on your soul. That's what one of the sisters said. That's forgiving like Christ forgave. That's something that only comes from somebody who knows how much they have been forgiven. It's not easy. It's not something I think I could have done. But it is a great example of what we're called to do. Before we move any further to our last point, I found this this week and I hope it clears up some things because I don't want you to think that I'm just calling you to forgive and forget about anything that's ever happened to you because that is not my point. This was a list I found. Forgiveness is and forgiveness is not. Forgiveness is not amnesia. You cannot forget about the things that have happened to you in your life. Especially not the things that have caused deep pain and deep resentment. But what you can do is to forget about the bitterness and the anger and the pain. It is not denial. It is not validating the behavior of the person that hurt you. It is not always reconciliation. 
it is not always reconciliation. But it is forgiveness. It's not always instantaneous. And it's not always a one-step process. But here's what forgiveness is. Forgiveness is a conscious decision to release the hurt and the bitterness to God. To let Him settle the accounts. God, I'm trusting you. I don't know why this happened to me, but I am trusting you to make this right. Take the pain from me. Take the bitterness from me so that I may not hold resentment against my brothers or sisters. It is a determined release to God. It is a gracious response. It is truly hoping that the offender finds peace and grace from Jesus Christ in their life. It is Christ-like living, no matter how hard or uncomfortable it is. And it is also what we are called to do as disciples of Jesus Christ. And I know someone's thinking, but you don't understand. That person doesn't deserve to be forgiven for what they did to me. And maybe they don't. Maybe they don't. But I'll stand here before you and I will voluntarily say I don't deserve to be forgiven for the things that Jesus Christ forgave me for. And if He can forgive a debt that large, who are we to withhold something much smaller in the scale compared to our sins that crucified our Savior? Remember, true forgiveness is shown and a prisoner is set free. And that prisoner is you. The last thing that I want to make sure that we hit, that we take with us, is that Jesus Christ has showed the most amazing grace that anyone could ever show. Even until the very end, He hung on a cross and He said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. He could have called down heavenly angels. He could have said, Father, remove this. He could have said anything, but He said, Father, forgive them. The same people that are mocking me, killing me, torturing me, forgive them. Think about the amount of debt that Jesus Christ canceled for you. This old chorus I found this week, I wish I could sing, but I can't, so I'm going to read it to you. It said, He paid, I'm sorry, I had a debt I could not pay. He paid the debt He did not owe. I needed someone to wash my sins away. And now I sing a brand new song, Amazing Grace. All day long. Christ Jesus paid the debt that I could never pay. And then I woke up this morning and I made the mistake of getting on Facebook. And the United Methodist Church, in such a godly time thing, posted this beautiful picture this morning with the words to this song. Uh, Chris Tomlin sings this song. And he says, My chains are gone. I have been set free. My God, my Savior, has ransomed me. And like a flood, His mercy reigns. Unending love. Amazing grace. We've been set free from our chains, from our past, from the guilt, from our temptations, from our addictions. We've been set free. But too many times we willingly walk ourselves right back into it. So my challenge today is leave your chains, leave that brokenness that you have been set free from. And just forget that they are there. Move forward knowing that you have been set free. But we have to show that same freedom, that same grace to other people. So my question for us as a church, for you as an individual, is are we going to be people of grace? Are we going to live a Christ-like life even though it's hard and it's uncomfortable and I don't want to do it? Are we going to be people of grace? 
Or are we going to continue to be the servant who was free, withheld grace, and put himself back into bondage? In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. The altar is open for anyone who wishes to come kneel and pray. Our final hymn, one of the greatest hymns of all time, Amazing Grace. We'll sing uh, verses 1, 2, 3, and 6. 378, Amazing Grace. <laughs>